Pause for thought and join in the barking with Darren Rowe on The Mindful Dog. Get your animal-related questions and all your dog-related questions, should we say, because on the line I have the dog man as he comes up on the phone. Still love that, Darren the dog man. <laughs> Mindfulness for dogs, Darren Rowe. Morning to you, Darren. Good morning, Mel. That always makes like me giggle. That. Darren the dog man. That's your, that's your yeah, description. Yeah, I like that a lot. Well, it makes sense, doesn't it? Hey, so we've got through Guy Fox, uh, which few because that was quite something. Well, when I say we've got through, it's probably going to go on for a few more days. So great tips that you I'm gave sure. us uh, last week about looking after your dog. And you know how you talked about putting music and things on. I saw mm. that somewhere in the UK, actually, I think it was the concert channel in the UK. They played on Guy Fox Night music designed for I your pets. I think they did it. I think, I think it was Classic FM. Yeah, that's um, the one. That's a little the one. post about it, yeah. <clears throat> it's really good, actually. Um, yeah. We should do something. Some channel in New Zealand should do that, definitely. Yeah, we, we should indeed. Hey, before we get into it, I want to start with a question because we have a quarter on the line, uh, 0800 844 747, if you do want to ask Darren a question. Uh, Karen, good morning to you. How are you? You're on with Darren. Morning, Karen. <laughs> yes, I am. I'm just on the, on the queue. You are. So what's your, what's your question? My question is we have a Cavalier King Charles Spaniel and when she was a small puppy, um, my husband was away and I gave in to her sleeping behind me on my pillow, warm, snow, quiet. Um, two years later, she's still doing it and she snores loudly. What do I do? <laughs> Help! Oh, no. Oh, terrible. And, and the Cavalier do uh, suffer from that brachyphilic uh, problem, so they, they're, they're never going to stop snoring. That's just the way they are. Hey, um, you want to take it right back to almost when she was a puppy. And is she crate trained at all? Yes, she was initially. Um, and okay. then, sadly, one night, you know, you give in and that's the end. Yeah. So, so you're going to have to do a little bit of tough love, I guess, um, and take her back to that crate and do that crate training again. I can flick forward a little video to you um, just on how you do that um, if you drop your email to me. And uh, what we can do then is you can slowly start to progress her back into that crate on the floor rather than on the um, pillow. But, but like all things, you know, she's been a bit of a spoil, been a bit spoiled over the time. So if you suddenly take it away from her completely, she's going to freak out and probably scream her head off in the uh, in the crate. So you want to do maybe one day on one day off and then slowly start to to move the days into the crate one thing you could do is take the pillowcase off that you've used that will have your scent in it and then put that in the crate and that's going to just just allow her to sort of still feel that you're there um but you might be in for a little bit of a rough time at the beginning unfortunately just because you know you're taking toys away from her help if we put that in the crate one of our pillows if we actually put a pillow of I wouldn't put the pillow in there just because if she starts to tear it, if she gets stressed out and starts to tear it, she might have feathers everywhere. But the pillowcase at least will, will normally have most of the smell on it, and that might be a good option. So do we start with crate training during the day? Yeah, so, so if she's not been in the night. crate for a while, I would definitely do a couple of minutes in the crate during the day and then build that time up. Um, like I say, you, you, you basically make feed her in the crate, make that crate so much fun for her that she just wants to go in there, dying, you know, dying to get in the crate every night. And then put her to bed at a certain time, just a little bit before you go to bed. Um, and, and I would leave it in the bedroom. The, we used to take the crate to our room or to my daughter's room. Yeah, do we leave, do that again? Yeah. I would leave the crate in your bedroom at the moment and then I would slowly start again once she's okay in there and then she's sleeping through the night, I'd slowly start to move that crate out to wherever you really want her to be. 
And but it's okay, a bit like a child. Yeah. Yep, then if that's okay, then that's fine. As long as she sleeps through the night and she's not waking you up to go to the toilet or anything like that, then you're good. Good luck, but yeah, Karen. Take it nice and slowly because you don't want her to scream at you every night. <laughs> no, no one needs no one needs a dog screaming at them. Good luck, Karen, and uh, thank you so much for your call. If you do thank have you. a question for Darren, 0800 844 747 is the number, or you can text it if you want to, if you can't get to a phone, 3920. So let's talk about resource gardening. Uh, gardening. Gardening. Yeah. What exactly gardening. is it? Resource gardening. <laughs> yeah, no, resource gardening. That would be... Um, a really, uh, it's a really important um, problem, and a lot of people have their, their dogs are resource gardens. We don't really think about it. We just think they're being dominant. Okay, so we're, we have to be the boss of the dog, which we don't need to. And um, so, basically, resource gardening is where a dog um, almost covets something, so that they have a treat, they have a toy, they have a food, they have a person, and and they'll guard that person with their life. And sometimes they get really quite aggressive. And and it's a it's a problem that I see quite a lot in um, you know as clients, and and really. People have no idea how to deal with it. And, and the way they are dealing with it is completely the wrong way to look at it. And, and they can actually make it worse. Particularly if you think they're being dominant, you're going to make it worse every time. So what do you um, do? Really bad one. Yeah, so first of all, there's a couple of things we need to think about. Um, dogs are not, um, how can we put it, that they, they, they don't have the same awareness as us, right? So when they have something in their mouth, it's theirs. When it's not in their mouth, it's not theirs. Okay? Or if it's close to them and if it's far away, it's not theirs. So we need to understand that they're, they're not the sort of thing, that's mine, I'm going to keep it, I'm going to guard it forever. It's just when it's in close proximity to them, it's theirs. And if, if it's in short res, um, resource, so I, or short demand, so the fact that um, something, just there's only one toy and that's their special toy, okay, and if they can't get it all the time, then they're going to start to resource guard that toy potentially. Yeah? Yeah. Um, so, so we need to make sure that we're um, understanding that, first of all, that if it's only their occasion, like food only goes down once a day or twice a day, then they're going to guard that resource if they're a resource guarder. Now, not all dogs are resource guarders, right? But if they've been, um, and again, it goes down to good breeding and good breeders, if the breeder hasn't done the right thing and hasn't managed that resource guarding um, as a puppy, then you'll have inherited a problem, which never goes away, guys. Okay, Resource guarding can be managed, it can be trained, but it never goes away so you really need to make sure you're on top of that from the day one as soon as you see your puppy or your dog start to resource guard you've got to get on top of it okay. get a trainer in mm-hmm. or get some really good advice from from here now the advice i'm going to give you doesn't um uh take over a dog trainer okay so have a go but then get a dog trainer to help you with this if that's the case okay yeah. so this is really important <laughs> oh it is because you're going to get bitten because the most important thing is it never goes away and it never gets better by itself. It always gets worse, right? And, and the reason I'm talking about it today is because I've had three or four clients this week because I'm back training. No, I'm back oh, training. Hooray! Yeah, outside, obviously. Outside. I've had three or four clients that have got resource gardens that have developed or come to the fore, shall we say, through lockdown because, you know, we see it more during lockdown through mm-hmm. around the dogs. So never punish your dog for resource guarding because if you start to punish them, they're going to cover that even more and they're going to want to hold on to it even more. Right. Never forcefully try and remove anything from the dog's mouth. Two reasons, really. <clears throat> First of all, they're going to bite you. Um, but secondly, if you remove it from them, they're more likely to want to hold on to it even more, aren't they? Because then it becomes more of a resource to guard. Yeah, common right. sense again, mm-hmm. but we don't tend to think about that. So what we've got to do is we've got to train our dog to, to trade um, for something. So we've got to get a really, really uh, oh, stinky, smelly toy, um, chew toy. Ideally something a bit long, because if we have something a bit longer, then your hands aren't right near their mouths, right? And you're going to wave that around their nose and you're going to make them want that so much 
that they're going to drop what you're what they're holding and they're going to grab your toy. Now you're not going to let go of that toy, uh, that treat. Sorry, um, you're just going to keep it there and you're going to slowly sort of like get them really interested in it and move them away from the object they've dropped. Now, most important thing: do not at any time try and grab the object they've dropped. They don't rush to grab it quickly because then that movement is going to attract the dog and the dog's going to go towards your hand, which is then the object, and then they're going to start to bite okay. you again. Mm-hmm. So you've got to totally ignore, no matter what it is, even if it's your $2,000 shoes or whatever. <laughs> okay. You know, before. <laughs> okay. Um, so, yeah, then what you do is you move the dog away quite a distance, and then when they're really, really into that treat toy and they're just nothing else matters, that's when you go casually, calmly and quietly just go and pick up whatever the object is and put it away somewhere safe so the dog doesn't steal it. And you keep doing that over and over again so that it's the exchange that's the important thing. You're trying to change the dog's um, long-term uh, way of thinking as opposed to short-term. Right, okay. Uh, is there any any particular chew toy you should be looking at or is there, is there just something that's long so your hands aren't going to get nipped? Yeah, I, I would just grab something that really... I mean, some of those uh, sort of um, leathery ones, if you call it. I don't like the um, some of the leathery ones, but if you any any long toy, if you dip it in something really stinky, so dip it in pilchards or something like that, oh. mackerel or something like that, um, then, then it's going to smell for the dog, isn't it? So have those at hand, obviously, because if you've got a resource card, it's just something you deal with every day. Um, that sounds revolting. You don't want to rush this process. Yeah, you don't want to rush this process, but it has to be something that's really important for the dog to, to let go of that toy. But the more the more value and the more energy you put into the object they've got in their mouth, the more they're going to want to hold on to it. So something that smells gross and dead is really going to work for them, isn't it? Oh, totally, yeah. Yeah, it stinks. Horrible. Wear gloves if you need to. Um, yeah, it's, it's just it's, it's so important to get this one right. And, and if you really have a go and if you're struggling, get a trainer in to help you, okay, because what happens is the dog ends up biting a young kid or something like that in the mm. family and then it gets put down and it's really not not necessary. So that's all well and good to do that, but what happens if there's a bit of an emergency, uh, like your dog's got something yeah. or, 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 I don't know, a bird or, or something that it's yeah. could really so hurt? A friend, of mine just had a, a friend of mine just had a dog that um, swallowed a pair of socks and actually had quite a blockage. So sometimes it's really important to get that out of their mouth really quickly mm. and we can't go through this process. So, so that first method is training, trying to get the dog to think it through and, and, and change the way they're thinking. The second method then is the, is the emergency method. So this is when you have some really, really smelly traits because they've got to be high value than whatever the dog's got in their mouth. Right? So all you do is you, you now this is a, a bit of a warning, you bring your hand a bit closer to the dog so they can smell the treats, but obviously you don't want the dog to bite you. Mm-hmm. So you've got to make sure that your dog's okay with that. And you throw those treats on the floor right next to the dog. Right? The dog's then going to smell all those really stinky treats and stick its mouth down there to eat that, and it can't eat and hold on to whatever it's doing. Right? So it's right. going to drop what it's what it's what it's got in his mouth. At no point do you try and grab what's in what's on the floor that the object is dropped because again your dog's just going to bite you again. What you do is you let them get really involved in all those treats. And we're talking 10, 15 treats on the floor. By that time you've got another handful and you've thrown that, you know, make sure the dog sees you throw. You're throwing them about two, three meters away from you. Okay. The mm-hmm. dog's then going to finish off what he's eating there and because dogs are greedy, they're just going to charge to get the other treat, especially if it's really nice and smelly. And and then you can Calmly and casually, and again, calmly and casually is the most important thing. Pick up the object and then put it somewhere safe where it should have been. Right, okay. Gosh, it sounds, it's more involved than what I would have thought. Uh, and I guess it's something that you really need to start doing as soon as you get your puppy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because cause most of those behaviours are starting from the puppy. When you start to, um, if, a, if a puppy's got something in his mouth and you grab it and you pull it out of their mouth, you're already starting the potential for a resource guarder. 
Um, we're not covered resource guiding people here. That's a totally different issue. And if you've got that, get a trainer in a behaviourist in straight away. There's, there's no arguments about that one. You need help. Mm. Yeah, but if it's a, if it's something in their mouth or it's their food, um, we, we tend to, we've got a resource garden. Um, there's a puppy, she came into us. We've done loads of things. We can manage it now, but she gets fed in a crate because we don't want any hassle. We don't want her to feel stressed out because someone could steal her food. She knows when she's in a crate, no one can steal her food and she can just happily eat it and then she just walks off and then we pick a bowl up. Right, so it's not so, so much about you, you don't uh, fix it, but you manage it. A lot of it, yeah. And in time, when, when you change a, when, when a dog doesn't, do something for a long time and then the habit starts to break but you need to give them the opportunity not to do the behaviors not to aggress against you mm. and then they'll start to think well maybe i don't need to as much but yeah you're always managing this kind of behavior it's, it's not a not something that gets completely trained out of the dog okay we've got a question coming in, my, in uh, my opinion yes so, so if, if, try it if it, if in doubt get a trainer and to sort this out because it get could be long-term issues uh let's end on a question from julie and it's one it's an old favorite of ours this question uh we have a husky collie cross a lovely 11 year old boy we introduced a kitten a year ago they've become good buddies however the dog has developed a great taste for his poops in the garden it smells disgusting but oh, i'm concerned man. it's not good for him uh he had diarrhea yesterday could this be related any suggestions appreciated oh, okay. Totally, yeah. And cat poo, I think, is the worst one ever. Um, oh, there, there's, there's so many. If you go on the internet, there's so many different things that people say. I think, personally, the, the only way to get around that, I think it's called copy something, I can never remember the name of it. Um, the only way to get around it, in my opinion, is you cleaning up the poo and it not being available. Because um, I've never found a way of... of I've never found a, a supplement or, or training, really, that works around that. Um, it's about you cleanliness, about picking up the poo, making sure it's not available for the dog to do. Again, it's a habit. Dogs get used to it. They they watch the cat, it poos, and and the the cat poo is really smelly. Probably the cat poo is really smelly as well. Um, so it's a habit that they get into. So yeah, just you've got to get out there and you've got to clean the poo before you let your dog out. Easier said than done, because cats can stealth poo. You don't know where it they're is. going. It is easier said than done. Yeah, definitely. It's it's. We've got a dog that, that eats his poo occasionally, and and I always. It's always when we just haven't got out there before he's gone outside and picked up his poo. He just goes and eats it. But he, he's mm. I know he'll, he'll have a poo and and he'll go and eat it straight away. Oh. He'll be so quick. And on that, I hope you're enjoying your breakfast. If you have just joined in and you're listening, hey, Darren, thank you so much for hey, your you time. Didn't die that one. <laughs> I did. No that's, that's my my bad. Always goes back to the to the gutter <laughs> or to the poo. I hope that helped you a bit, Julie. Anyway, so basically you just got to get out there and clean it up because nothing's going to stop them. It tastes delicious. Uh, Darren, thank you so much. And if people want to find out more, the best, best thing to do is go and follow you on Facebook. Yep, or you can check out the website. Mindfulness for Dogs. Always a pleasure talking to you and getting some advice on our pet pooches. You've been listening to Darren Rowe on The Mindful Dog, giving our canine friends a voice throughout the world. To find out more about what we do, visit our website at www.mindfulnessfordogs.com.